Hi guys, Stu here. If you could support the podcast by following us wherever you subscribe to your podcast, that would be amazing. If you are enjoying our videos on the YouTube channel, uh, like and subscribe, like the individual videos and subscribe to the channel. Just search for Henry Weston's Old Mate. The continued support helps us to be able to provide more and more content going forward. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Just an extra reminder, guys, if you could leave us a five-star review within your podcast provider, that would help so very much. Simply scroll down below the list of episodes, wherever you get your podcasts, and it will give you the option to rate the show. If you could rate us five stars, that would be amazing. It will also give you the option to write a brief review. If you could do that on top, again, that will do nothing but help us out. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome. This is Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. We are back. We are thrashing through these episodes now. We've got <laughs> a queue of people out the door. We don't know what to do with them. They're having to take a little ticket like you had to at the, uh, at the meat counter, but we're getting through them and we've got another exciting podcast tonight. Um, first of all, before we introduce our guest, uh, Stu, still sober, keeping well. How are you? Still sober and half a pound of liver sausage if I'm queuing for the, <laughs> for the counter, please. Yeah, very good, mate. Really good. Sober. Mental health is good. Um, really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I notice you're pretty active at the moment. I'm going to give uh, give your mum a... Uh, oh, there was, there was a word that was about to pop out of my mouth there. That would have don't been completely you, Don't you give my mum one of them. <laughs> Promote your mum's activities around charity is where yes. I'll go with that. Oh, my God. That... That took a sinister turn. Um, she's doing very well, going, keeping, walking all over cancer. Or... Yeah, she's walking all over cancer for March. 10,000 steps a day is her aim. She seems to be averaging between 14 and 16,000. Uh, that's for cancer research, you know, as everyone knows by now. Probably my dad has been diagnosed with incurable lung cancer about three years ago. He's hanging in there somehow, but we, you know, cancer touches all of us really. It affects one in two of us. That's the awful statistic now. Um, so I will link the her link in the show notes. Um, as always, we do have a buy me a coffee set up for Henry West's old mate. It allows people to contribute a small amount towards the podcast. It's not lying in mine or Phil's pockets. It will just allow us to hopefully buy some better equipment going forward. Um, and that really is about it. Just a just like rate and review the show you know if you're watching on youtube drop us a like hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the channel uh, on your podcast provider scroll down below the episodes it will allow you to offer a five star rating and it will also allow you to do a written review uh, a quick thank you to my friend peter mccormick uh, over in the states he's provided some new hardware i guess you'd call it so if i'm looking sparkly and clean that's because i am operating on a new webcam um so this is the sort of quality you have to look forward to guys thank you very much and just to clarify with the like rate review we only accept five star reviews okay yeah don't give us a four and a half or a three we don't want that shit okay only the five stars okay let's uh let's move on to our guest who is sitting patiently waiting to be uh, thrown into the uh, into the spotlight uh, so um Stu, actually you've got a, a good connection with matt you've kind of known each other for many years so you do the intro yeah, well, uh, I won't say I grew up with Matt. We attended the same primary school. I probably sort of grew up with his, his younger brother, Dan Moore, but I've known Matt through our association, really, at Worth Cricket Club uh, and around town for many years. Uh, I contacted Matt 
on Twitter, uh, as you know, he's been open about a few things that have gone on in recent times and he's agreed to come on. I, for one, am thoroughly looking forward to this. So let's hand over to Mr. Matt Ford and ask him to give us a brief introduction. Hey, everyone. Um, so this is my first ever podcast. Uh, so this oh. is quite exciting. Um, um, first things, I, I'm really privileged to be invited on here. Um, Stu, your journey has been incredible. Um, you were quite, you, you caught me at a low moment uh, late in 2020 um, with a little gift, which uh, raised my spirits quite a bit. And for those that don't know, the little gift was a, a like a, a American football kind of tops card. Of, yeah, uh, it wasn't much. <laughs> favorite team but it doesn't wasn't much but the symbolic that someone uh, someone was thinking about you right so that that was a really really cool thing um yeah i'm matt ford uh, i'm a deal local um born and raised um i've always been the one that's lived overseas or lived away and now i'm the only one that lives in deal so the turnaround of events <laughs> that's for the me as well. <laughs> um so yeah it's um been a strange situation that throws me where i am today and it's been quite a journey through covid and sort of becoming a bit more self-aware and thinking things through. So I'm excited and I'm open to whatever you want to talk about tonight. Great. Well, you're, you're very welcome, Matt, and thank you for, for giving, up, giving up your time. So the, the scope of the podcast tonight really is um, we're going to be talking kind of men's health. We're going to be talking about vulnerability um, and really centered around your story, Matt, of kind of, oh man, how COVID managed to just kind of shake your world a little bit, change change the structure and a whole load of other shit landed on your plate as well and I think it's kind of like you've just touched on there gave you a um, an opportunity to reflect and evaluate on where your life was things that you needed to do you know making efforts to be happy uh, and those sorts of things so I think that's that's kind of where we're going to go I think you know Stu's obviously his story's been out there quite a bit so from a men's health point of view, I think we've both got uh, things that we might be able to contribute as we go along. So we'll, uh, we'll, we will, we will do that. Um, but kind of set the scene for us, you know, um, COVID-19 comes along and what happens? Yeah, well, COVID-19 comes along. I, I was actually on a cricket tour in Trinidad when everything was hitting the fan, um, as you do. Um, but I, I don't say that to like show off. I mean, I was overseas and then things were spiraling out of control. So it was actually pretty much this time, 2020. Um, and I was on the phone to the, the CEO of the company in, in Atlanta and he's like, hey, do you want to just come over here and wait out in Atlanta for a couple of weeks, see when this all passes over before you go back? And I'm like, well, no, I'm going to go back to Prague. I've got the dog there and you know, I've got like a team there that are going to need some leadership and everything. And so I think it's better that I get back home or get back to Prague, um, which was home at the time. Um, I had visitors planned coming in like the, the week after I arrived back. Um, and then as the week went through, it just was going, I'm actually going to get back from Trinidad. And in Trinidad, they were like, oh, it doesn't exist here. Nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were about three cases after we left um, in, in the airport. But um, I actually got back to Prague on the, the last flight into Prague before the, the borders closed. So um I felt quite lucky got back and then I think it was back to the the flat and the dog and just then it was all hell broke loose and and so you you're suddenly thrown into like survival okay well what's going on like do we have a business the next day do we have the business next week and we're you know we're in that sort of 
you know, you're in the foxhole thinking around all the things. So it's great in that it energizes me or it's stuff that's like, okay, we've got to battle against this. We've got to figure that out. Um, you know, I took on a bit of a battlefield promotion and all of that and, you know, had to go and figure some other things out. And so that kind of appealed to my, some of my instincts or some of the, you know, things that I like about work, that urgency, that kind of dependability that you, you know, the resilience that it kind of brings out in you. But you kind of get through and then the borders are closed and then I'm like, well, wait, I'm, I'm speaking to the kettle and the toaster and my, my house is my office and it's two steps from my office to the sofa. It's kind of a, you know, Czech Republic at the time, they, they were quite stringent on, on what our restrictions were. So we didn't really have much freedom. And then you kind of add in um, towards the end of April, um, my mum had a heart attack and I was like stuck in the Czech Republic. And I just started to feel like the life was sort of unraveling a little bit at the time. And then really only thing I had was the work um, to focus on and, and all the rest of it. Um, and I don't think you really appreciate what sort of toll that takes on you. But then sort of suddenly um, things open up in the Czech Republic somewhat. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened, but some um, theoretical lawyer or whatever kind of challenged the constitution about how they'd gone around the lockdowns, et cetera. And suddenly, oh, COVID's over and we're, we're free up. So <laughs> we have actually a fairly un, um, uh, an unrestricted summer where you kind of think, oh, well, things are going back to normal. Um, summer was really good. And then um, I think the UK at the time was like still sort of bumbling along, kind of making mistakes, make, getting things right, making more mistakes. Um, and we were just kind of free. And then all of a sudden it, it drastically changed again. And I remember the conversation I had with a friend of mine, Thomas, who owns a few businesses in the Czech Republic and is fairly well connected. We just happened to be in the gym and he said, well, you know, what are you going to do about seeing family and all the rest of it? I said, well, look, I'm probably going to go home. I want to be home for Christmas and I'd like to kind of get a few things sorted out. We've got obviously got the, the Brexit kind of being finalized at the end of the year. Um, we got, um, I want to see family. I've not seen my mum really since the heart attack and um, all these things I want to get done. So as soon as it's, you know, I'm able to, I will, but at the same time, the UK is not very, you know, open. Um, and so whilst we're less restricted here, you know, I'm going to stay here for the time being. So I was trying to just pick my moment really. And then about a week later, he sent me a text message, right, bro, you've got to leave. <laughs> and with that, I, I dewormed the dog, got packed up the car with what I had, what I could um, load it up with. And it was like, which was about three suitcases, a dog bed, some dog food and, and hit the road. So it was uh, that, was that, sorry, Matt, to interrupt the, yeah. um, that text was just in relation to you've got to leave because yeah. the restrictions are coming back. Yeah, yeah, because Czech Republic was about to go full full lockdown again. And, okay. um, I mean, so just to, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say just to just to ref, just to play that back a little bit. I think just listening to what you've just said, and it probably won't be that different to a lot of other people's experiences and that's not to minimize your 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 experience but i think people will relate very much so to that but there is still some working out to do for everybody i think when they've got that reflection time and then opportunities like this to talk about it and share it but you go from sunning yourself in trinidad drinking drinking rum on the beach throwing a cricket ball around a little bit to the shit does hit the fan. You're back in Prague very, very quickly. You go into a job where you take on this 
command and control role, which you can only really do for a short period of time where you're just telling people to do what they need to do yeah. rather than kind of that, that soft leadership approach. It only lasts so long. And then heart attack, stuck in the house, and then things just so apparently so fluid in, in the Czech Republic. There's so much going on, and that's probably in less than a six-month period, right? Yeah, uh, yeah less, well, it, almost six months exactly. Right. Uh, and, then, and then you're thrown another curveball. And, um, you know, I think if you all think back, you're like, we always were like looking, hey, it's week to week or two weeks, you know, uh, two weeks will be over and, oh, well, actually this wave, it'll be fine, right? We, we always come looking at the, the next, surely it's not, it's just going to be flu by the winter and all the rest of it. And it just never kind of transpired, right? And um, so, yeah, then I get back to the UK. Um, I'm meant to go and stay with um, my brother, uh, Ben, the youngest brother, who's just got a house. Uh, my mum and everyone they've relocated to sort of Worcestershire he um his house is not completely built because Red Row are delayed I'm kind of driving back because I have to get out of the Prague and then we you know one of my good friends Mark pulls you know uh, does me a really good solid it was, the day it was the time it was 14 days isolation so I did the 14 days isolation and then it was looking grim about getting to my brother's because he still wasn't playing. He was standing in the caravan on my mum's driveway because she downsized when she moved up from Beale and uh, his two kids are in the house. He's in a caravan outside. So there's no room at the inn, literally for me. So I'm like, what's going on here? I'm, I'm 45 years old. <laughs> I'm staying on someone's couch. Um, and my mate, uh, you know, Mark is like, just stay here. It's fine. Like, um, and like just all of a sudden I'm at the, the sort of the mercy of others, you know, being strictly very vehemently independent, um, you know, can do my own thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're thrown into another lockdown in the UK and I'm like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> like um, I hadn't planned on coming back, but it clear I wasn't going to get back to the Czech Republic anytime soon. Um, so then I was going to, all my contracts, my work contract and everything was going to be different because, you know, Brexit was going to, come to an effect on what January 1st, 2021. So all these things going on, I'm trying to navigate and all the while still trying to hold down a job whilst essentially being on zoom like this for if, eight. If, hours if now, right? It strikes me. I just, it strikes me. I'm just picturing the terminal, the film map. It's yeah. just, you're just caught between so many places. I mean, we won't, get into detail about the film if you've seen it you've seen it but you're caught between everywhere with you've you've got so many places that you could go but you actually can't yeah. go to any of them and that's beyond your 14 day isolation period where obviously you can't go anywhere yeah, but then you can't go back to prague because it's locked england is in a strict lockdown your brother's house isn't finished your mum's house hasn't got enough room and you're on a sofa you just said a vehemently independent 45 year old man who's just come from a fantastic city where you can, you know, you've got the best of everything if you want it. Uh, how that must have affected you in a hugely negative, it would affect everyone in a negative yeah, way on, um, their, on their mindset, surely. So, you know, just massively because not only that, you're always like, oh, am I also a nuisance? Like, I'm staying at a friend's house. Yeah. Like, but, you know, what could we do? Like, the, you can go to a window for a coffee shop and you maybe go into a co-op or whatever to get some food. But you get up, walk the dog, you know, wake up at 6.30 or whatever, go and walk the dog. 
uh, on a weekend. By the time you've finished walking a dog and maybe gone and got a coffee for a, a window, if you can, if you can find one that's open, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, well, what I do rest now? Am I in the way? You know, can I watch TV in my mate's lounge? Like, am I kind of imposing myself, or have I tidied up enough? Like, yeah, you feel like you're just this sort of nuisance, um, and you're. No, that Mark was brilliant, but you know, you still feel like you're imposing and uh, and what have you. And um, his, you know, it's not like he had any other freedoms, but it's it's just quite claustrophobic, right? And 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 all of a sudden, you have all these kind of things you take for granted taken away from you, and you're like, okay, now. And then also having come back, I mean, I've lived overseas most of the last fifteen years, so it's not like I have established friend networks. To, to kind of get back into. So, you know, one of the things that I did do, and maybe we want to, if we want to go there, if there's more you want to discover here, but one of the things to do, set up a little WhatsApp group, found a bunch of people that wanted to go walking, like yeah. uh, social distance, like, uh, because I knew there was a few other guys, you know, Tom, Tomo, a uh, good mate of ours, you know, Stu, he yeah. was going through some shit. So, John Brown was in there as well, I think. Yeah, right? John Brown and Paul, uh, who used to own the Soundhouse. And I still walk with with those guys now because it was just, hey, let's get out and let's just talk and just talk about what's going on in our lives and kind of get it off our chests a little bit because, you know, when you're internalizing it all the time, you just kind of beat yourself up like, oh, what am I doing? Why, how am I in this situation? Like, how I can't? I've got no control over a lot of this stuff, and that that's quite um, that's quite a lot. So let's um. I want to start with the internalization and then build into kind of, because it sounds like the, the WhatsApp group and the, and the subsequent actions that came out of that were probably quite a healthy thing and almost yeah. not necessarily a solution, but certainly, it certainly helped. But are you able to uh, articulate kind of what you were going through mentally? Um, what that, yeah, that internalization was kind of doing to you from where you were to where you found yourself? Yeah. Um, so one of the things I'm very self-aware of is the fact that I'm fairly self-critical. So anything that's kind of not good or in a, um, you know, perceived in a negative light, I actually probably harder on myself than, than others are going to be on me. Um, and if I can't kind of make something right, if I can't problem solve, that becomes an, ex you know, a really big source of frustration for me. And so, um being powerless i guess um or just being unable to influence anything was quite a you know quite i don't know it sort of strips it strips you of yourself a little bit and, and that was really hard to kind of process um and and so i, I just had no outlets for any of that that you know the relationships I have over the last few years are all overseas. They're not really, you know, here in the UK. There are people that I can speak to or just kind of maybe message through social, you know, social media channels like Facebook or, or whatever. But it's not like I have this kind of network of friends where I could rely upon them and say, hey, they're, you know, they're, they're, my, they're in my foxhole with me. Um, mm -hmm. So I felt like I was battling a lot of that alone. Uh, really and that was that was quite hard kind of realizing you know someone who you know it's not like I'm this um, big extrovert but you know I've got a good network of friends around the world and and kind of 
some feeling of loneliness having lived quite this um, effervescent life, I guess, was really quite chilling. And, yeah, because um, yeah. it, it stripped, it levelled the playing field, COVID, didn't it? And yeah. I think what we noticed with someone, that, let's use a famous footballer, let's use Jack Grealish, for example, it doesn't matter, it didn't matter who we were as such, our social standing went out the window and, and it's how, you, you, you know, you've just explained, you've got a fantastic network of friends around the world, but sadly, it counted for nothing, did it, Matt? Yeah. And you looked at the way someone, someone like a footballer, they couldn't behave themselves. You know, they were caught out after hours driving their cars, out drinking, partying when they shouldn't be. But us, us guys, us, let's say normal people, you know, um, we were just locked behind our front doors. Yeah. Um, it's even quite ridiculous to think about that now yeah. and like we're ostensibly acting with no limitations right now um i got shoved along the tube the other day but yeah just that's just like 18 months ago it's ridiculous mm. and yeah um yeah just that displacement right it's i i don't i didn't belong anywhere like i wasn't in prague where i had a, most of my belongings over the, over the last five years um i'd left the apartment empty like there's almost like i dropped the keys through the box and figured well, I'll, I'll see you when I see you. Um, I had nowhere in the UK. My house here in the UK was, was rented out and, you know, COVID meant that there was six months notice periods and, and all the rest of the shenanigans that kind of go on around that. So I didn't really have anywhere to go. And, and that was quite, um, again, that just kind of reduces you, I guess. And um, yeah, I really, I, I, I think I just hit this low where I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have, there are things that are, you know, I've, I've probably taken a lot of value of myself through the work that I've done over the years. Um, and that's where I've got a lot of my pride and a lot of my confidence from. Um, and then like, but I've got nothing else that I do intentionally for myself. And I think there's this, it's easy to look at me, the rugby player, big shoulders or whatever and skinhead on, oh, you know, Matt's kind of this tough, resilient guy oh, he'll he'll get by and he can he can handle that but actually i couldn't it really couldn't it was it was hard and um yeah i just i felt like i was just trapped like trapped and displaced like i had nothing that around me that was mine nothing around me that was home nothing around me that was family or friends it was um you know you would just you just strip back to your bare your bare essentials so it's not a bad place, though, I guess. Then you start thinking around, okay, well, what do you build up from here, right? And how do I kind of piece these things back together? So I was going to ask, so it's kind of, you've said it a few times around kind of the, the absolute lack of control within all of that. And we, we touched on earlier just kind of quite how much had changed for you. And I think the change of country probably amplified that somewhat. But yeah, the, the lack of autonomy and agency in your actions and the restrictions that go with that, very clearly isolation was having an impact which it sounds like there from a mental health point of view and we may come on to talk about this but the rates of depression went up significantly do you feel in that time that you were um did it hit you in one like all of a sudden you realized like oh my god this is happening or did you start to feel that it was creeping up on you 
um, in terms of kind of, uh, you know, this, this black fog or however you might. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't sort of go and get diagnosed or take any medication, like think I was like depressed or anything, but there was just a sudden, I think, realization of my own mortality. Like you just kind of going along, like prior to COVID, the year before COVID, I did 175,000 miles of flights with business and, and, and pleasure. Uh, and Greta Thunberg's probably got a voodoo doll of me as a result. Of <laughs> um, but it, and it went to nothing. Um, and so there was this part of me that was, um, as everything goes to nothing is kind of part of me that's like, okay, actually it's a bit of a relief. I'm not traveling. There's, there's, there's a few things you start to kind of think about that are good about all of this, but by and large, it just kind of became this, wait, I'm, I'm actually fairly alone. Um, I'm actually struggling with not being able to take control of the things I would normally take control of, you know, as an independent sort of person. Um, and so I don't know if it was actual depression, but I could just see like the, the my, my mortality revealed, like things that I'm realizing things that I hadn't achieved in life that from a personal perspective, um, you know, and I've, how much I was getting from like my value out of the work I was doing and, and things like that. And so that was actually a little bit, I don't know if I felt depressed, but I think a bit more embarrassed about it. Like okay. I'm, I'm I? actually, when I'm stripped down, what is my work that is my value my, that I give my value for, right? So. Don't you? No, I was just going to say, it's something that I, you know, my experiences are, are sort of a lot based around my alcoholism, sort of my anxiety, stroke, depression issues. But it's something I always sort of like to ask about. So this time period that you're talking about, you've sort of, you've come back to the UK, you've sort of gone in with and, and lived with Mark, you've, yeah. you've started walking with the likes of Tomo and, and John, but, but then, you're, then you're starting to, to get this, this feeling that, that something isn't right. Can I ask the time frame before you, 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 understood, you understood within yourself that something wasn't right, how long did it take you to speak to somebody? Um, I was actually fairly quick with that. Oh. Um, Good. In a, in a, so, and it was triggered through Tomo. Right. Um, Tomo is going through a rough time and I, you know, I don't need to kind of reveal all his gory details, but he said to me, oh, I'm speaking to this person, this psychotherapist. Yeah. And I'm, I was like immediately epiphany. Oh, I need to speak to someone. And I said, can I get her number? And, and actually I asked Tomo if it's okay. And if he was okay, if I was speaking to her when he was, you know, when he was speaking to her, that there's no kind of, um, we, you know, we're not going to compromise each other in any way. Cause we, we were talking about things. Um, and he was fine. He gave me a number straight away and I, I messaged Samantha and, um, yeah, I struck up that pretty quickly. I, you know, I'm, when I, I've, I've had, gone through sort of therapy and coaching before when I moved back from the States to the UK. And, um, then when I kind of took, um, you know, I, I left my, my job of sort of 15 years, I took on maybe more of an executive coach, but that was more like therapy. And I've always thought good things about the kind of the epiphanies you have when you just kind of reframe a conversation with, 
mm-hmm. with someone that's got like just reflecting stuff back at you or just helping you kind of understand certain things. Um, and actually you're explaining stuff to yourself more, more, more often than not. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was fairly quick. Um, and I immediately struck up a, you know, a zoom uh, conversation with Sam and, and that was weekly. And that was really my lifeline kind of to start rebuilding a lot of things as, as kind of we came out into the new year. So do you mind if I ask, what was it about that that created a lifeline for you? What was it about the therapy? Not necessarily the details, but the, yeah. the, the function. One, talking to some, just talking to someone like this. Um, I mean, great professional and all the rest of it. You know, all the professional qualifications aside, I think a lot of it is down to the rapport you build with the, the person you're speaking to, right? Definitely. Um, and I happened to strike up a really good rapport with, with Samantha straight away. I felt at ease. Um, I felt understood. Like, you know, you kind of, when you think about what you're going through and kind of the embarrassment or the kind of the sadness and things like that, you're like, well, this is, should I be feeling this way? Like, this, this, this sounds, this looks a bit stupid, right? And um, her, her being able to frame that and kind of give, you know, almost give me, um, the support that it's okay to feel that way was, was the biggest thing I think. And then just trying to unpick some of that stuff and the way that she's just curious and inquisitive about finding things and then triggering conversations that you always feel like, a you know, an episode of a soap opera or, you know, what's something you're binge watching, you get to the end of your 45 minutes and you're like, Oh yeah, brilliant. I'd have just got that. Can we go on to, and and then oh yeah so this time next week Matt we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> I almost got the jonesing for the for the, the the engagement, but I also think just it's someone that was ready to listen, right? And yeah, everyone's going and I'm I don't try and trouble anyone with my stuff. I I, I feel like everyone's going through their own stuff during COVID. What's the you know, that's the last thing that I want to do is just impose my problems on someone else. So. Um, I got that through the sort of the walking network with Tomo and Paul and John and all the rest of it. Um, and John's, John's been on the podcast, right? Yeah, he was, he was podcast number one, the OG. Yeah, the OG. Um, and he is the OG on, on, for many reasons. So it, that was really, then I, that's when I started rebuilding, kind of um, sort of piecing things back together a bit. Um, okay. Better. So let, let's, let's move there then. What, what does rebuilding look like? What is that? Yeah, so I think I try. So I start trying to think about COVID and the experience. Like, what are the positives that you can come out of this? Right. I mean, let's just close out the the pain stuff. Like, it doesn't. It's very easy for you to kind of say, "Oh, you know, I've got it bad," but you know, someone else has got it worse, right? And so what? Like, you feel how you feel, and how well someone else is life is shouldn't be a barometer for whether you should feel the way you're feeling right you feel how you feel like and that there was something sorry just what you've just said just triggered i've been doing some reading recently around this sort of area and come across a a kind of a a theory or a a kind of a i don't know around positivity but there is a an a, a negative side to positivity in the respect of that they refer to it as toxic positivity so you say you know my mom's had a heart attack. Well, I've got two moms and they both had a heart attack. 
Yeah. You know, it's other people have got it worse. You think that's bad? Try this. Or did you hear yeah. about a down the street? And it really, that toxic positivity, it's almost like with a job interview, you kind of like, oh, I didn't get the job. Oh, you know, better luck next time. You know, keep working hard. It's it. You'll get there. That kind of minimizes and reduces your experience of actually, I'm allowed to be disappointed yeah. about that. Yes, it might be for, you know, giving out teas at the local women's institute but I still wanted to do that. Um, so don't minimize it by saying, you know, better luck next time you'll get, you know, keep working hard. And what you've just said is, yeah, you feel how you feel. And actually you need to, there is validity to be had around that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And, and so taking that forward, like what is COVID kind of, what, what are the gifts of COVID? Well, look, life did get simplified, right? We, we kind of got rid of some of that baggage, you know, there are, could be relationships, could be just bad ideas, could be habits, could be things that you, you just jettison. Like you figure out what's important to you. I think I've, um, you come out the other side of that, outside of everything, thinking actually, I've now got a core of friends that I know I can rely upon in the foxhole that they've been there for me that are, you know, that, you know, I'm invested in. It's not to diminish all the friends that I've got around the world. Like I've, play rugby with people from all over the place. I've lived all over the place, like great friends, great experiences and, and all the rest of it. But you know, times of need, you, there's a, there's a probably a group around you, a phone box full of friends that you need around you. And, and I, I'm pleased that I've kind of got that um, because, you know, deal moving back to deal and kind of coming back home would have been tough. Simplifying life, like appreciating things that, um, you know, you, you take for granted. Um, we, we took for granted just going out and socializing with social creatures, like whether it's in an office environment, whether it's you know, down the pub or whether it's um, just being able to go and visit friends, like those things you take for granted and like do it like being through video the whole time on, on camera is, is not, not satisfactory for us. Actually, I think diminishes our ability to show empathy and a, and a lot of different emotions around it as well. So just walking through that sort of portal of, okay, well, I can leave all this behind. What was good? You know, I got to spend more time at home with the dog. I probably, you know, and unfortunately I lost my dog a, a few weeks ago, but I had a great two years because, you know, I would have been traveling. I would have, wouldn't have got off that rat race of traveling around the world with work and focusing on this and not focusing on my health. I took on better exercise habits again. I got, you know, I got out of shape. Uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, being kind to myself in a, a lot of ways and and the thing the one thing that always kind of keeps re, re, keep reminding myself from the experience with samantha and the and the and the, um the counseling stuff or the therapy was um be intentional about the things you want for yourself and it's it's okay to be intentional and do things for yourself you know you're not being selfish you're not being um you know you're not being greedy about this stuff and I, i've always been the person that you know, i'm embarrassed if i don't buy the first and last round in a bar i don't ever want people to think oh matt didn't pay his fair you know pay his way or little things like that or you know i don't want people to go away with a sour impression of me that i am only doing things that i want to do when i want to do them um and so i've always probably put myself out there and in terms of my ability or my my what i get out of problem solving someone will say oh, i've got this problem and i'm i'm going to be more than happy to help but actually there's a lot to be said for you know 
focusing on yourself and doing some of those solving your own problems or figuring some of the things out for yourself. And, and so just being a bit more intentional about what I need, uh, and what nourishment I need mentally. Um, that was good. You had a lot of, I had a lot of time to reflect on that. And so I think that's, um, you know, one of the bigger parts, but uh, you know, it's the piece I think I'd still struggle with now. I still feel bouts of tiredness and lack of energy that I didn't have, um, before COVID, not from, any ailments for long COVID or anything, but I think I'm still going through that um, run, 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 hit the wall with work uh, a little bit more viscerally now um, than I did before. You, I think you kind of, uh, I love my holidays, love my time off, but then I really feel like I'm just restoring a battery to 75% so I can get through the next few weeks as opposed to, you know, I think I've drained a lot of the energy that I had um, you know, from the survival part of all the, of all the COVID experience, but um, I'm just much happier where I'm at right now. I think more self-aware, less self-critical. Um, actually, that's a bit of a lie because there's a lot of stuff going on at work where I'm fairly self-critical at the moment, but um, I'm able to compartmentalize things a little, a little bit more. Um, I don't beat myself up as much if I go hippo and relax and do nothing for a day. Right. I don't, um, but you know, you used, used to be, if I didn't go to the gym or didn't go and do something, then I would, you know, be, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. You haven't earned it sort of thing. And there's, there's a little bit more relaxation there, just enjoying life as it comes. Um, probably got to rein that in a little bit. I think once lockdowns did end and once you had the freedom to see people, um, I did that to the fullest, but, um, I think it's just that rebuilding part, like figuring out, what are the things that are important to you? Um, figuring out like who, who your friends are and, and, and just not being afraid to talk about it. Yeah. If I hadn't have said anything to Tomo, if I hadn't have just said, hey, should we go for a walk? Maybe none of this happens, right? And that's... Um, can, you, um, can you imagine what Tomo would have said in 2018 if you were in the country and just said, hi, Tomo, would you like to go for a walk? Just our, uh, even our perspectives yeah. of something quite so mundane uh, have changed. Like the, the actual opportunity to have human contact in like a, shall we walk down the seafront? He, would have been met with some ridicule, I reckon. He'd have asked me to go for, if I'd have asked him to go for a walk in 2018, he would have questioned if I was A, hungover, and two, was the golf clubs involved, for sure. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's just amazing. Like how everyone, I mean, and I, st we still go walking now two, three times a week. I'll go tomorrow morning with him for a coffee, etc. Um, it's, isn't it? It's just those simple things that, and little routines and rituals that we, um, that I, I'm now know that I, what I don't want to give up in terms of things like that, because I think they're, they're important to me. I, I need them as part of my, my routine, you know, leaving the Czech Republic as I did, I didn't go through any of the rituals and routines of saying goodbye to somewhere that I'd lived for for five years. Yeah. I left in the dead of night. Um, you know, I, didn't I left the Czech Republic on 12 hours notice in 2007. Yeah. The habit oh. of kicking people out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, right? But that was the same. That was the same thing. It's like I got a text message one one minute as I had to wait 24 hours because the you know would deworm the dog yeah. and then in a car and on the way a nine hour drive like with all the documentation so I could not stop in certain countries I could only stop to refuel and all the rest of yeah. it 
panicking yeah. all the way. Am I going to get there? And am I going to get there? But I, I didn't go through any of those rituals. I didn't get any of those routines. And I look, we're, we are creatures of habit. We, and, and we can create good habits uh, as well as bad habits and, and getting that kind of fresh air, getting the, the conversation going, walking, just feeling generally, even if it was just for that hour, it's like yeah. you felt a bit of independence. You felt good about yourself. You felt like you had a connection with someone, even if it was at two meters apart in blistering wind. Um, <laughs> you know, mass, very simple, but massively important. And it's yeah. not something, um, you know, I, I, I sort of take lightly, you know, I had Tom and Paul and that over for, for, you know, just some pre-Christmas drinks and was talking to them saying, look, you know, without them, I don't think I would have got through, you know, I, I mean, I, I would have muddled through, I wouldn't have got, but I don't know how I would have navigated it if, if they weren't there in the, in my time of need. Um, and for that, I'll, I'll ever be forever be grateful. Yeah, it sounds like, like that that impact of kind of the suddenness of leaving uh, leaving Prague left an imprint. And I think that many people will have experienced that um, from my from our own uh, from my own house. In fact, my wife was forced to retire third week of the COVID lockdown um, through ill health, and it was literally you retired now, don't come into work. So there's no leaving, do no goodbye, no cake, no none of that shizzle it was like you don't work here anymore collect your pension and, and it's just like they, we identified we and it, uh, the reason i'm saying it is just to reflect it back really is that there was actually a grieving process for her to go through which she ended up doing later in that summer but it was kind of six or eight months later you know she got to do the leaving do it wasn't quite the same but there was some you know it's an American phrase, isn't it? But there's closure around that that had to be signed off. And I don't know whether you feel like you've had that or whether that door's shut now or whether you need to reopen it and do it. But it sounds like it did leave quite an imprint. Oh, yeah. I mean, closure is the right word, right? You, you don't get closure on anything. Um, and it's not like you also get to open up a new chapter either, right? I mean, okay, retired. Oh, by the way, sit at home and, and do nothing. Either don't worry about hobbies or anything or... Mm -hmm you know, activities, just, you know, what does that, what does that do? And, and you know, I, I still, you know, go through moments and times like, you know, I'm, I'm back in my house in, in Deal and still not sure if it feels like home yet and still not sure if I have that wanderlust to go and be somewhere else or be overseas again. Um, don't think I could do that on my own this time. I, I just don't think that I could do another move like that, but the same time i sometimes think of oh, is, is this my final destination now so this there's always kind of that conflict going on but um yeah the, i haven't had closure from the czech republic I've, i actually have did manage to get back at the end of last year with with work and see a few people but um it's just not the same it's not like i don't get to go and see my local network and i don't get to go and sit in my you know my cafe you know my commute home or, or whatever um, and I do miss that office life. I mean, I, I miss the, the collisions that you have uh, in life where you can just talk to someone and say, oh, you know, I was doing this. And I was like, oh, what have you thought about that? And have you spoken to this person? And iterative 
elements that you yeah. don't get like it's not like you can sit on a podcast sit on, on a on a meeting at 10 a.m on a monday and say oh right guys give me all your innovative ideas and let's do this it's like we don't yeah. work like that we're not we're not structured well most of us aren't structured in that way there's we, we've lost so much in that office space. so i'm kind of torn between uh, there's good stuff about the zoom meetings and there's terrible stuff about it but one of the things that we've lost or there's a couple of things that we've lost but building that social capital so yeah. catching up with people let me go and buy you a coffee let me open that door for you those things that you do that are just everyday stuff but people remember that oh he's a good guy you know he helps me with the heavy stuff down to the down to the car or whatever it is um we've lost that but every meeting we have is it's a transaction yeah. you know you start your meeting you've got a 10 a.m meeting monday morning hi everyone how are you doing and you're lucky if people are on screen first of all and then the response that you'll get is yeah good thanks yeah not actually you know my world fell apart at the weekend and you know i need somebody to talk to never have i heard that response in the last two years and so it's made our human interactions more transactional yeah and we've uh, lost so much from that yeah absolutely i, I always you know i've worked in an office environment my entire career really and and just particularly in europe i think there's this kind of social this this rapport which is hey you know we do socialize together as colleagues and you know the office life because hey if we go and socialize or if we can go and get that coffee if we can go and grab that beer if we can go for that meal um it's going to serve us better for our team uh, you know yeah. we move forward and and now it's kind of got to this you know where you sort of talk about that transaction it's got to this hey you know i spend my time on video with you each and every day and on meetings and all the rest of it the last thing you want to do is spend another waking moment with you right and it's um, I think we look, we'll never go back to the office full time. I don't think, or, you know, it'll be several years before we do, but, um, I don't, I think there's a lot to be said for what you lose in terms of that empathy, in terms of the relationship building, the, the, the social capital you talked about. There's just all these things. I think we, we need them and, and we'll deny that we'll need them because some people are quite comfortable. Oh, I can go and do my lunchtime shopping and I can go yeah. and pick kids up from school and, but I look at it and I feel like I sometimes I go through a checklist of events to get through my day with work as opposed to, Hey, what problem can I go and solve with a customer today? What can I, you know, what, you know, innovation or collaboration can I get with some team members in, in, in the company today? You know, what can we just figure out on a whiteboard? Oh, yeah. give me five minutes here. Like yeah. all of those little events are gone and those, the wall yeah. of post-it notes that yeah. used to be the yeah used to be the process map to kind of stardom um they've um, gone but yeah. it's uh, like i i feel like we're going back down a negative all the way but I, I i do believe that you know and i think the reason i came on here is like that survive to thrive um mentality and and like just knowing that you can turn the corner and the you know covid has taken so much away from us but you know, by taking stuff away from us, it allows us to kind of now select the things we want to invite back into our lives and be part of our lives and part of who we are and, and how we kind of live going forward, right? And and also reveals that, that we're talking about that vulnerability. Like it's okay not to feel okay. It's good to talk to people. Like I'm really glad that we had this opportunity to talk together. Um, 
you know, it's important. And it's not like I'm just trying to show off and share a story. It's like, I genuinely believe if I didn't talk to people, when I talked to people about the things that I talked about, you know, I would not have survived through, through COVID and through all the, you know, the displacement. So I think, I think COVID being as extended as it has been now, you know, now we are out of, Boris has announced that we are out of any form of, you know, restrictions. But, but I think certainly I've experienced, you know, the fact that it's been over two years now that, or just over two years, the things in life that haven't hung around in that two year period, I don't need them anymore. Yeah. Uh, and for me personally, it, it's not, there's not too many people, you know, my, my group of friends, there's not too many people have dropped off because my situation with a, at the start of COVID, I had a, a three year old daughter. Um, so my life was pretty restricted to sort of bringing her up uh, for, the, for the age she was. But certain things in my life, certain habits that I may have been, you know, be it eating habits or exercise habits or lack thereof. Um, but things that, are, that used to be in my life, but they're not there now that, that COVID has taken away in a sense. But looking to throw the positive on it that, that Matt's doing with his chat here, um, I don't need the things that you know, that COVID has taken away from me. There's, there's many things I won't mention. Them. There's many things that it has taken away that has opened my eyes to the fact that they didn't need to be there yeah 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 i completely agree and i think matt one you were just saying about survive to thrive and it kind of it runs as a, a significant parallel to something that we talk about on his podcasts around his his recovery from alcohol is he wasn't just giving up alcohol to give up alcohol because then he would exist you actually needed to find purpose and happiness in your life beyond the alcohol so. and i think that's actually that fits quite neatly in what we've been discussing is like the shit that we didn't really need hasn't hung around and simplifying your life so that it's much less cluttered much less complicated and you value the stuff that's left is the stuff that's most likely to make you happy and get you through anything else uh, we could have had a three minute podcast with that statement from phil can we that's oh, just yeah Captured everything. <laughs> <laughs> we could have summarises done, but, um, really well. Yeah, people people wouldn't listen to just a three minute podcast. It's not worth downloading. Um, so we've got to drag it out. But no, I think uh, that might actually summarise summarise the episode fairly well. I think we we are running towards our, uh, our our time limit. We'll have to put more money in the meter if we keep going. Um, anyway, anything anyone else wants to touch on though? We are, we're not that rushed for time. Could but. I? I've just got a couple of things and it, and it, it will be summarizing as well in a sense, but there's two things I've, you know, I've got my usual loaded load of notes in front of me from listening to Matt. Um, if anyone's going to take it, or if I'm going to take anything away from this podcast, it's two things Matt said, uh, Matt talked to someone early. He, uh, he understood something wasn't right. And he spoke up. He was brave, immensely brave. And that may sound strange because he talked to a very good friend of his, but that still took huge bollocks to say, look, Tomo, something's not right. Tomo turned out was the perfect person to speak to. That, fantastic. But Matt said something, and if I can't stress that enough. And the second thing I want to just sort of say is something that, Phil, you mentioned. Don't let the fact that you're feeling 
awful, terrible, not quite yourself. Don't let anything else that's going on dilute that, please. You know, you could look at, you could be feeling like shit today and you could look at the television and see the atrocities that are going on with this Ukraine conflict and decide, I don't have it that bad. And you might not have it that bad compared to that awful situation there. But in a week's time, you will sadly still feel the way you feel if you don't seek help. So that's all I wanted to say there, Phil. Yeah, no, it's a great comparison as well. Uh, yeah, just highlighting the, the plight of Ukraine. What right do we have in our comfortable homes to feel any sort of discomfort or displeasure when that level of shit is happening? But actually we do. We do have that right. You have to. And, and yeah. Matt pointed out that, and it's something that we've discussed a lot, that uh, me, I always say in recovery, the first AA meeting I went to, someone sat me down, well, didn't set me up, but the, the, the word, the advice that was offered to me was, you have to do this for you. You have to be a bit selfish. You have to get sober for you. Matt's situation and other people's situations is slightly different to mine, but you do have to prioritize yourself. You have to get yourself to a point of being happy to really be useful for others. And you, you are of use to others, whatever mood you're in, your, your voice, your presence, just, just checking in with someone on a text can do someone good. But to be truly, to get yourself on, to find happiness within yourself, you will be so much more useful to others. So we do, sadly, or not sadly, we do have to be a bit selfish. That doesn't mean you forget everyone else, but it's all right to turn around to someone and say, I can't come back. You know, I said I'd give you a lift somewhere tonight, but I can't. I've got to do something for myself. You know, if you do that every week for a month, your mate's going to get pissed off of you, isn't he? But sometimes you do have to put yourself first quite a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, um, I think we will, we will wrap up and leave it there with uh, Stu's final thoughts. Uh, it's a bit like Jerry Springer back in the day, right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay so um so anybody sorry matt i was just going to ask you if you if there's anything else that you wanted to drop in no i think you guys have summarized it very well i'm really proud of you Stu. like i said at the top of the show your journey like five plus years now so four and a four and a uh oh, oh no four and a bit four and a bit yeah yeah 20 this December will be five years, yeah. Yeah, this December will be five years. I mean, that's an incredible, you know, day-by-day -day journey, right? And yeah, like, especially, like, given what's been going, what we've, what challenges have been, you've been faced with, it would have been easy to kind of give in to that, right? And, I, I, wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have got sober in COVID. It would have, whether we, yeah. I, I, it would have killed me. <laughs> um, again, really grateful. I mean, you don't know how much that meant to me that, you know, you just sent me a little playing card or whatever. Yeah. Um, back when when I needed it or when I just needed to know that someone was thinking about me and I think um yeah this look this is important like I'm really glad and really proud of what you're doing I think this is really important for people um just to listen to to kind of get perspective to um be vulnerable that I mean if we if I leave you with one word anyone listening to this just be, be vulnerable it's okay yeah yeah here here Okay, so um, we will wrap up on Henry Weston's Old Mate The Pod. If you want to email us, we're on uh, HWOM The Pod. If you want to um, buy us a coffee uh, to acknowledge and appreciate, then we'll, we'll be very grateful for that. The, the link will be in the show notes. 
Um, you can contact Stu through uh, Twitter on at StuButts. And uh, until next time, uh, yeah, keep safe. Cheers, Thanks guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.